Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and this episode is once again brought to you by our good friends at Props.Cash. Uh, look, you guys know the tool. We talk about it every episode, and you guys can get it for your first month for 25% off with code Delera25. This is probably one of the number one tools that I use that most people in the betting, that are betting player props and are successfully betting player props use, especially at this point in the season. You have a lot of games. We're halfway done with the season. That makes this tool even more valuable i think uh because you get to see some more of that trend data there's more things that are relevant for this current season and it's all available to you including their projections some of their modeling um and you know where the line has moved and how they performed on that hit rate over the last couple of games so you can get that for 25 percent off your first month with code delera 25 now guys if you guys are watching this on the youtube channel <laughs> you guys might notice that we do not have producer Corey here producer Corey is sick i'm powering through my own thing you could call it my flu game but we have a very special guest here we have prop bomb prop bomb how you doing today man it's good to see you good to have you on video and uh good for all the listeners to kind of get to hear you for once yeah it's great to be on here uh i was joe just messaged me earlier this week he's like we got to get you on here man and i was like yeah like i was i wanted to reach out to you too it's i don't think i've I've been on here since like last season um it's it's good to be here and and good to chat nba yeah, we're we're yeah, yeah we're it's and, full steam NBA. Exactly. exactly, and it's like a perfect time too because there's so much stuff going on in the NBA right now. We're halfway through the season, and a couple of things to talk about, honestly. And one of the things is honestly, it's like who better to talk about a Miami Heat <laughs> trade than Prop Bomb, right? So the Miami Heat just traded uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, some first round picks like a little bit of the protections there um and then in exchange for scary terry terry rosier to join the miami heat i I really need to know like what are your thoughts on this trade do you think it's redundant a little bit to tyler hero or do you think that this was a move that like they really needed to make in order to kind of take that next step up uh and kind of push themselves further along the eastern conference Um, Yeah, I mean, I I freaking love the trade, man. Um, I did not like Lowry at all this season. I thought his he just didn't seem bought bought into the whole heat culture. You could just tell. And I I mean, I think like he was over his last 18 three pointers before the trade. So like, I just think he just his mind was somewhere else. And um, I'm looking at all these like Terry Rozier videos like he idolizes Dwayne Wade. Um, He's a guy that. I can easily see fit into the culture that's the Miami Heat, the toughness. Um, and, and I think he's going to fit right in like glue. I mean, I, I don't even think it's going to hurt Hero that much. I think it's actually going to help him in a sense that he's not – when Rogier has the command of the ball, that's going to free up Hero in opposite directions too, right? So Hero has possessions. Rogier's presence of being that three-level scorer is going to like – give him better looks. So I don't think that's going to hurt at all. I think it's an upgrade over Lowry and it's a step in the right direction. I'm glad that Pat Riley finally made a move. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great move for Miami, especially considering like, I I think that that the first round pick can get a little hairy, right? Because of the way protections kind of come off of it. It's unprotected, I think in 2028, it's lottery protected in 2027 or something like that. Right. Um, So that, that could get a little scary, but when you have that type of institutional like structure and success over such a long period of time, it's like, that pick is probably not going to be like tremendous at any point in time. Um, I do think that from a fit perspective, I agree with you. Like, I think this is a great move for Miami. It's an instant upgrade to the offense. Like you said, Lowry just like, hasn't really been doing anything for them. Um, And you kind of get a little bit more stability there, especially with like Butler misses a lot of games. Like he just does. It's, it's, it's a little, exactly, exactly. Generate offense, you know? So I think, Miami too like I think one of the things that I specifically didn't like about Miami this year was that I felt that the way that they're often injured um I didn't like they lost so many like what I thought were key rotational pieces and like Struess, Vincent, etc. Adding Scary Terry, I think, dramatically bolsters the floor of the team. And maybe, you know, like instead of looking where you're in a position where you're in the play in, maybe you can actually secure like a top six seed. What are your thoughts on like where Miami is able to finish the regular season? Yeah, so here's the thing, too, and we both like acknowledge this coming into the season or like midway. Miami also had like a tendency of just having these things called third quarters or just like terrible third quarters. And you would see their offense type, uh, even in the fourth quarter as well, their offense would kind of drop down when the starters were out of the game. 
And you have a guy like Terry Rogier who's in there that can kind of like be in the stints where, you know, Hero or Butler are out and you get put in Jaime Jaquez in there. Um, I just think it provides a lot of offense, which they clearly lacked and they needed a type of energy boost. But as far as like rest of season outlook for the Miami Heat to answer your question, um, I put them around like three, four, five, that kind of area. Um, I'd, you know, I probably would say number one would probably be Boston. And then you got yeah. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then yeah. I'd put the heat right there, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the, the East is pretty tight. You know, it's like, I think that there's definitely a couple of tiers, right? I think that Boston is yeah. a clear number one tier on their own. I think that Milwaukee and the Sixers are honestly in the next tier. And then I kind of have like the Cavs, the Knicks, the Heat, the Pacers, and the Magic, like to a degree, right? Like, Magic or a team, of, yeah. Yeah, like all kind of lumped in together. Mad- Orlando's been dealing with injuries. The Pacers are dealing with the Tyrese yeah. Halliburton injury. Um, the Knicks now are dealing with injuries, and the Cavs have been dealing with injuries. All these teams have been hurt. So it's been hard to see like exactly how good they are, but I do think that like they seem to be secure within like at least the four to eight range. I can't fathom a scenario where they drop further than that. So um, yeah, I do, yeah. I do think that the floor for them is a lot better um, moving forward. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about the betting implications for the Hornets in a little bit when we talk about the Wednesday slate. Um, but I mm-hmm. do want to get your thoughts. This was awesome, right? Did you like the games on Monday night? We had Joel Embiid 70 oh, yeah. point game. <laughs> 70 point game. Kevin Durant's like reaction was like 70. Like it was just awesome, right? And I saw then, that. Yeah. It was awesome. And then it was on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant scoring the 81 mm-hmm. points. Um, so it was like really cool. Like it's like always like there's that NBA like aura or mystique, whatever. Do you right? think the players knew that going in? Like they definitely kind of had that in their back. Yeah, I, I think they might have like Embiid posted afterwards. He was like Kobe, like with an exclamation yeah, point. Yeah. So I think it was it was definitely something that might have been on their mind. Then you have Carl Anthony Towns, right? <laughs> guy, I was yeah. watching this. I was like, this would be so funny for so many reasons. If he is just so funny for so many reasons, if he scores more points than Embiid, doesn't score more points than Embiid. And the Hornets lose the game. Like, what do you think? Like, what? How do you even feel about? Like, how do you score that many points and lose? I actually watched that whole game, quarter one through quarter four, fully. Um, he had forty four points okay. going into halftime. Finished with sixty three. But the, I believe the Timberwolves were up by like fifteen points against the Hornets. And then what started to happen was Ant started to become more passive. Like he just became the, a full time facilitator, something he's not used to doing. And the offense started to shift yeah. more towards Anthony Towns, like forcing his own shots. And what that happened was like it just the offense became so predictable, one dimensional. And the Hornets just took advantage of that. Like the it, the the Timberwolves were just unserious the whole entire second half, and they were just you yeah. know rooting for him, rooting for the whole milestone thing. And um, it was embarrassing to see it all fall down. Um, he, still, yeah, still, though, respect for Anthony Towns because like. The first half was really impressive. Yeah. Dude, th- that amount of points is just like insane. And I mean, I think the list of players really impressive. To, like even like it to score that many points is just there's just it's just not very long. So I mean, very, very impressive performance individually. Um, it kind of sucks. Like you always hope like when you know, like when you see performances like that, you're like, you almost hope that the team wins just because the performance is so incredible. Um, because otherwise it does kind of leave like not like a little bit of a sour taste, I'm sure, in your mouth. Um, but it does. Bring I will say though, Joe, of- for like, for um, just to interrupt real quick, this is just like something I was keeping in the back of my mind. Whenever you see like these players chase these like high scoring milestones, I think a good like betting thing to do is to take the other the other opponent's team to cover like the spreader. You know what I mean? Like because that their offense is just not yeah. going to look, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's definitely like an accurate spot, right? Like they, they definitely got out of their rhythm. Um, Rhythm. Like you said, like Anthony Edwards, like he was sick apparently too. Cause like I was on his points over, I like the matchup and then he popped in the injury report is sick. So there's always like some wonky things there that can kind of change the analysis of the game. But I think you're right. Like 
with especially for a guy like Towns who is not necessarily like the primary point of the offense like the the Minnesota Timberwolves are not like running plays regularly every time to have Carl Anthony Towns score like on every possession down the floor um if it happens it happens but that's not what they're trying to do it's not like with the Sixers late game Embiid 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 like that's that's their best way to win yeah so I think that you're right there like if it's taking a team out of what they normally do Definitely gets a little bit hairier. Um, Definitely. Now, I want to pivot to just a little bit on the MVP, right? Joel Embiid now is the favorite to win the MVP. Do you think it's his to lose at this point, or is it just like a little too early? And I, I know you're not a big futures guy, but like just from a narrative perspective, do you think that it's like his to lose right now, or is it just that like you, it's a little bit tough and you kind of want to see? Like, I, I don't know if I'd want to enter the market. Uh, on, with a bet on Joel Embiid right now at like plus 120. Yeah, and especially to, I, I mean, just to preface with Joel Embiid, the the run that he's on right now is just the stretch that he's on is historic. It's hasn't been done in a while, especially for a big man. It's like Shaq-like. Um, but the problem is, though, with the MVP award is it's you have to be healthy and you have to play 65 games. And you have to watch out for that because Embiid has like – five i think like eight or nine more games left until he's disqualified from winning that yeah. award um so that's something that i you know i'm hesitant i wouldn't want to place a bet on because that's too let's you have very little wiggle room to work with yeah because i think that a bet on Embiid right now is not only a bet on um nobody else like surpassing him but it's also a bet on him not getting hurt so it's like you're betting on his health Um, And that, to me, is very concerning, especially for a team that has title aspirations. He's expressed those title aspirations. Like, I don't think, especially now that he has an MVP, like, in his cabinet, I don't know that he's going to, like, if there's a situation where it's like, hey, you can push it here. Like, I don't don't know how, you know, apt he's going to necessarily be to do that. Um, But yeah, he's more he's more forward thinking this year, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think so, absolutely. So I, I think that right now you you definitely shouldn't be betting on Embiid to win the MVP, even if I think it's his to lose. I think there's a lot of factors going around right now um, that kind of can go a- against that. And it's just a little bit too uh, – it's too variable at this point in the season. We're only halfway yeah. done. There's still a lot of games left here. So you, you really don't know what's going to happen for a plus 120 bet right now. Um, definitely. The one thing that is crazy, though, too, this has been like one of the biggest couple days in the NBA of late, and it's exciting. But Adrian Griffin is now out as the Milwaukee oh, Bucks head thing. coach, yeah. and it's it's crazy. Like the team has obviously been, uh, they're they're playing their defense has been questionable, right? Um, but overall, they've been playing you know pretty pretty well. Um, you know the record's good. They're second in the East. They're thirty and thirteen, and you get fired. It's kind of one of those spots where you're just like man, like, what the heck did I do wrong here? But uh-huh. it's definitely an, it's definitely an interesting scenario, right? Um, and the thing that's interesting, too, is it looks like they're reaching out to Doc Rivers to be the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think mm-hmm. about that potential fit? Um, it seems like they could have had Nick Nurse in the offseason, didn't go that way, and went with Adrian Griffin. Do you think that Doc Rivers is a good coach for them, or are we just going to see like another Doc Rivers second round exit here? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, it actually is officially the the head coach. I was watching TNT and they just announced it during the halftime, oh, so he's yeah. official now. <laughs> now <laughs> um, it's official. Yeah, now it's Breaking official. News. But it's uh, it's it was very strange for me to see that news, especially seeing like they're thirty one and thirteen. But you you get to kind of see what was what happened behind the scenes with the team. Apparently, like Giannis started to like not have faith in him and lose trust in him. Like the, the, the team, all the players kind of like. And at that point, you know, you kind of have to do something quickly, especially for a team that has like championship type aspirations as the Bucks. But um, yeah, the Doc Rivers fit. Apparently, what I was hearing was that uh, Adrian Griffin was using Doc Rivers as type of as like sort of like a consultant for like head coaching. Did you hear about yeah. that? And now he's yeah, like really Colton is now the new head coach. So it's kind of it's very very weird. Um, Doc Rivers like he, he needs he needs like a redemption story. I think at this point <laughs> um, he's just known yeah, he to does. choke playoff leads. 
and um yeah, like yeah. In, our, in our action slack what is it did it, uh i think aisha said she was like she was like his voice just recovered like so which is funny um but yeah I, I think that the fit is like interesting right i think it's it's it, from like a locker room perspective and we've talked about this off air and I, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit more now but one of the things that i i always think is interesting is like locker room stuff so it's like you look at the yeah. team and you're just like well like this team is great on paper yeah but then it's like dame was kind of out on griffin immediately uh like early yeah. on in camp then you lose middleton and you lose lopez and then you lose Giannis now like more recently um well to lose Giannis was the biggest thing that, yeah yeah, to to lose was Giannis was Don, the biggest thing Giannis, though, Joe, because he's yeah he's the one that brought him in. Yeah, like it was yeah. Giannis's guy. Adrian Griffin was Giannis's guy. Like he's the guy that Giannis wanted, and then like you yeah, miss yeah. out on a guy like Nick Nurse. Now you're kind of in this scenario here. It it is definitely interesting. Um, when you're looking at some of these scenarios, I think with bad teams and they fire the coach, a lot of times I'm like, I want to bet on that team uh, because like against the spread, sometimes like I think that they kind of perform a little bit better. Um, they have a little bit more moxie. They play a little bit more loose. Um, what do you think about betting on like the Bucks, a team that's 30 and 13, uh, even from a player prop perspective, when you undergo this type of coaching change, do like, are you are you willing to like jump into the market right away, or or do you want to kind of take a little bit of a wait and see approach because it is so yeah. different, or you know, like especially from a player prop perspective? Um, yeah, very interesting question. As far as like what I would do, um, I think the Bucks though, like I just feel like knowing the locker room, they probably are going to like rally all together, and you know, like mm-hmm. you know, we we all are going to accept this new coach and. We know we'll be better from it, but what I will do as a prop better is I'm not touching them for like three or four games. Honestly, um, we saw what happened with Quinn Snyder when he came to the Atlanta Hawks last season. You know, like they use certain players differently. Like I remember he's there was a thing where I saw like he was using Clint Capella more. You know, like then the other coach was using him, and um, you want to you want to look out for those for those certain things. And I think like it's better just from uh, just in an just uh, just in general, just to wait and see and, and see like how certain players um, react to, to new coaching. Yeah, I think it's definitely yeah, so interesting for it to wait. Too, like, we, yeah, like we can take some things right from like what we watched them do with Philly, where you had like dynamic pick and roll with like Maxi and Embiid um, and yeah. Harden and Embiid. Right. I, I would imagine that Doc wants to bring a little bit more of that to Milwaukee um, between, you know, maybe Dame and Giannis because they haven't really done that. It's It's been one of those things like you watch the games and you're like. Why are they not just pressing this button? Because like it should work. It should be unstoppable and they yeah. don't do it. So like I'm hoping to see that. If I see that, that's going to be kind of one of those things. It's like, all right, new coach. Uh, I have a lot more faith in what they're going to be able to do and like whether, you know, maybe Doc Rivers can bring out the best qualities in this team. Um, so I'm definitely ho- curious to see I'm hoping that it's successful from like a basketball perspective. I think they could be yeah. so, so dynamic. And uh, but it's definitely just something to kind of keep an eye out for. Yeah, it was weird, um, too, as well. You know, with with the Milwaukee Bucks, um, something that like I never really understood was when I would watch their games and I would look at the rotations, they would always open the fourth quarter with Chris Middleton in the game and they would take out Dame and Giannis. And I was like, if you want to put your foot on the gas, you know, and, and start building like a nice fourth quarter, like why are you taking out your two starters right away? You know, it's like um I'm interested though because I think there there could be some new rotations that we haven't seen yet for the for the big three in Milwaukee that Doc wants to mess around yeah, with. And you I know? Think it, yeah, and I think that's a great point too because you, especially with like the derivative markets, right? Like first quarter, first half, those type of markets. Um, and then even if you're betting yeah. on a quarter by quarter market, like first half, first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever, um, those are all things to kind of keep an eye on uh, just because that could really, it, he might be able to like show his hand immediately. And like, it's something that we can pick up within two games. Like, all right, this is consistent. Like this is working. This is what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but it also might change things. Like if you're betting on a guy's first quarter props, cause you say like, well, they're rotation as they play the entire first quarter that might be totally different now uh so definitely Correct. keep an eye out for that and be, be careful of that um yeah. especially in this game you know coming up against the cleveland cavaliers so let's uh let's start diving into the slate and honestly that i think that game is interesting too like right off the bat um 
the Bucks mm-hmm. play a pretty important divisional game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have won eight straight games, actually. Cavs have been really, really good, uh, especially defensively. Yeah. Um this is going to be this is going to be a tough task. I think they're they're six and a half, seven point uh, favorites at home right now. The Milwaukee Bucks are um, historically like this was a spot that Budenholzer dominated in. The Bucks dominated uh, divisional opponents against the spread at home on the road, whatever. Dominated. Now you know you're you're in that year after him. I, I'm a little nervous, especially because of what you said. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those spots like people might want to back Milwaukee, but Cleveland's yeah. been so good and they haven't they really, really have, been yeah. that healthy. On dunks and threes, the Cavs are actually better in adjusted net rating. They're plus 4.1 adjusted net compared to Milwaukee's plus 2.5. So it, it's definitely like a little bit of an interesting spot. I, I would lean the Cavs in this game. Um, I'll probably dive into it a little bit more, um, but I, I would probably want to take that seven points on the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, and with then- the Cavs, I'm I'm very surprised with the Cavs. Yeah, we have a little bit of a, of a delay, but um, – you know, I'm very surprised with the cla- with the Cavs. Like they Garland's out, Evan Mobley's out. I was so out on the Cavs just to even make the playoffs. Yeah. I thought that team was going to collapse. Um, and you're seeing how they're performing in January. Defenses has not taken a step back, and you know they're playing slow. They're rebounding the ball extremely, extremely solid, and they're playing playoff level basketball. So um, I'm really, really honestly uh, impressed with the Cavaliers right now. Yeah, one one player prop and you know like one spot that we'd always been kind of looking at against the Bucks has been like lead guards against the Bucks have just dominated, yeah. shredded them, right? Yeah. What do you think about Donovan Mitchell in this spot? Um this season he's got 34 points and 31 points against Milwaukee. Uh has really been good uh you know in both games, but I I would say like you know his points line it, it's pretty high, man. Like 31 and a half points is just, it's an extremely high line, I think, for Donovan. Uh, He's averaging 27.8 points this season. And it's kind of one of those things, like, when he goes over, he goes, like, way over. Like, he's scoring 40, almost. Uh, Is it a spot that you're nervous about, not only because of, like, what his performance is, or are you, like, a little nervous about, like, you know, maybe Doc does something different and it immediately shures up the defense for that Milwaukee's got for the guards? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not touching it personally. Um, you, you know, you don't, you don't know what doc rivers is going to adjust or the assistant coach. Now that they kind of have a little bit more voice, um, what they want to maybe, you know, implement going into the next game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the whole like cheat code guards versus guards, guards versus the bucks normally do well. That line is juice on the over. I was just checking 31 and a half. So it does make sense. Um, it can go either way. Uh, this is again, though, just, uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this is just a stay away from me. <laughs> no, and I think I think that's good advice, though, because I think that it's one of those things where, you, you know, you can end up where you have a really exciting slate like this. Like there's a lot of games, a lot yeah. of exciting matchups. You can end up with way too many bets. And it makes a lot of sense to be like, no, like I'm not I don't want that. So from I wanted to ask you from like a process perspective right before we get into the next game. When sure. you're betting, I know like you usually you usually don't have like crazy cards. Like you usually have like maybe three or four picks on a night, right? Yeah. Um, you don't really go too crazy. How do you like contain yourself? <laughs> because I think yeah. that a lot of people struggle with that. Like they see a slate, they see a lot of games, they're like, This has to hit, this has to hit, this has to hit. Yeah. How do you contain yourself? Like, do you like what's your process for picking and like settling on what you like to or what you want to play? Well, yeah, for starter for starters, I don't let the slate size whether it's a 13 game slate or a 3 game slate dictate like how many how many like props I'm going to give out that day. It's just a matter of like what the value is and you have to always just kind of like remind yourself that I was just telling my chat in Discord like we have 135 days left until NBA is over. Like we have plenty of time to make the money. You don't need to be chasing like all this ridiculous stuff. And also too, it's like when you add so much to your plate on that day, um, you're adding so much variance to happen, you know? So like you can go like five and three and 
going two and going. Th- how do I say it? So like, if you go three three and one compared to like five and three, the three and one is actually better because yeah. of the less variance and the less juice that you're drinking if you're doing risk to win. But yeah, no, I mean, just for me, like, just to go back to the main point, it's just like if I see value or not. I mean, I'm not gonna let the the slot the the size of the slate like you know convince me to like play a lot quantity. It's just whatever happen you know whatever happens happens. No, I, and and that's and that's really like some great advice for people out there. Just because you, like you said, it's like when you're betting like ten things, you have to you have to be better than that. Like you have to win more, like in order to be profitable. Because yeah. if you're five and five, you lost money. Um, yep. Like especially if you're betting things that are minus one ten. Obviously, if you know, like if there's you know some plus money in there, then it's a little bit of a different scenario. Um, but I think at the end of the day, that's why like people look at it and it's like the only thing that really matters is it's not like necessarily your win loss. It's not necessarily like even your units won. Um, it's your ROI. Uh, and and I think that's one of the things that you're you're good about doing too is like when you put out plays, it's like I you almost never do like a one and a half or two unit play. Everything's I don't, almost like, yeah, really, it's I don't like know. one unit. Like I like I I hate it. It something about it rubs me the wrong way too. Like when I see it like on uh, on social media and I'm like how is every play that you, somebody like I'm like I don't understand how like every play that somebody can have is like this one's five units this one's three units this one's two units I'm like yeah your unit structure just makes no sense to me like I don't I don't understand it then yeah look and sometimes I fall victim to it too like there are some there are some days where like yesterday I had Demontis Sabonis to have less than 10 assists and I really thought yeah. that you know it should have been a 1.5 unit play and it was a one unit but I just like to be safe with everything. That's just just the nature of how I bet. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. freaking ridiculous. I see people with the three units and the five units. Like, like what's your what's your whole bankroll management looking like on the losing days? You know? Yeah, like it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense to me. So it's always something that I think is like a hallmark of like you know something that you can trust. It's like and like a little bit more transparency. It's like when you're betting one unit or like you know maybe one and a half. Uh, or like you can at least explain it. Like when I bet a ladder, I'll say like, this is kind of like a two unit play because I'm betting yeah. the alts to get there. Um, but that's like the way that I would kind of look at it. So it just kind of yeah. depends on what we're looking at there. But those are those are rare circumstances. That's not something that's happening every day on every play where everything is weighted differently. So I understand weighting things differently if you are betting on an edge, like if you're modeling. So then you have different percentages based on like, you know, I have this percentage of an edge on this market. So like, I'm going to bet it into it bigger. But like, for a lot of the things, I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. Like you see like 30 units and I'm like, that's just, that's just fake. Like, like no, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> 401k, like goat mega whale. Yeah. <laughs> you saw that stuff. Yeah, like, like whatever. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go into the rest of the slate. Right. So one of the, one of the gross games is the, uh, the Hornets versus the Pistons. Um, we both have some thoughts on this game and, Let's let I want to get that one prop out that we both kind of like uh, for a guy on the Detroit Pistons. If you want to if you want to tip us in there right now. Uh, but uh, I know we're we both like we both like one of their like the center for the Detroit Pistons. So what do we like here, Jordan? Or prop up? Yeah, you can call me. Jordan. It doesn't even matter at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were both Joe and I going into the call. We were looking at Jalen Duran or Duran, Jalen Duran, uh, over yeah. 11, over 11 and a half rebounds against the Charlotte Hornets. And we were looking at just overall his, his last, last two games. He was, uh, he played 30 minutes the game before last game. Cause he was in foul trouble with five fouls the game before that he had four fouls. He had to defend Giannis. So it's understandable. And when you're having to defend Giannis, that means that you are more so looking to contest his shots and be away from the rim than rebound. Now you're facing the Charlotte Hornets, a lot more closer game, a lot more faster paced game. And uh, yeah, I mean, according to fantasy pros, like last 15, last 15 games, Charlotte Hornets allowing the third most opposing rebounds to centers. I'm, I mean, there's no, there's no Mark Williams, Nick Richards. I don't know if he's playing. Um, they're getting eaten alive by centers. Even the PRA stands out to me for, for Jalen Duran, but uh, we, yeah. we both lean the over, 11 and a half it's minus 110 right now at MGM yeah I, I really like the spot honestly I think it's it's an excellent spot for for Duran he had 17 rebounds against them earlier in the season oh, yeah I didn't even mention that yeah so obviously a lot of 
Yeah, like a lot of games since then, right? But it's I think it's a smash spot. Um, and you definitely want a line shop because this line has kind of moved around. Uh, and and I think what I've noticed is like certain books, uh, you know, get hit faster because they just have a higher usage rate, right? And um, it's one of those things where a lot of times like we'll put out a play and it'll be available at every book at the exact same line. But if you are only betting on one book for whatever reason, like let's say, let's say I bet something at DraftKings and uh, it's like minus 110. And then it's also like it's minus 115 at FanDuel. And then it's minus 115 at MGM. Um, it might get bet in like one spot, like rapidly first, like DraftKings, then FanDuel, whatever. And the MGM line sometimes like sits there and doesn't move. So you got to be using the tools. Like, yeah. uh, I use yeah, like the MGM move is a little slow. So I use the, like the Action Network app. I know uh, PropBomb uses the the Action Network app as well. You can use it for you know not only your lines, right? Uh, not only like for like regular lines, like whether it's sides, totals, money line. You can use it for player props too. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the spots, and I like to use it for tracking purposes to keep myself you know moving. Uh, you also can do it on uh props.cash props.cash also has like a line shopper too so you can see you know what the odds are on the over the under on you know some of the major books at least uh that they have there so you can add that you can add it to a card you can kind of make like some parlays if you want to so it's just another tool that you get included in that props.cash uh membership that you can get for you know for that monthly rate so really can't can't go wrong especially because it's all just right there it's on the one spot for you um but you got a line shop it really does make a difference in terms of how profitable you can be uh in any given game but with terry rogier out of charlotte okay a lot of people are talking about lamella ball uh lamella ball should see a usage bump um yeah. and i know that you did some research and you, that and that was that was indicated it was what like a three percent bump or so Five percent bump. Ooh, even that, even more. Five percent. Five percent. I wish we got raises like that. Um, <laughs> so, but so uh, look, five uh, percent bump. He's keeping up with the rate of inflation here, and five percent bump is pretty significant. <laughs> but I think that the books have kind of, uh, I think the books have really like locked in on that. Like, I feel like Lamelo is the guy that people that they're like, oh, like people want to bet on Lamelo. Like, we, we know what's up here. Uh, is, do you think there's a player that might actually benefit a little bit more, like in a, like a little bit sneakily, um, in terms of what his prop is and like what his output is, uh, regardless of usage? Yeah, uh, we we were talking about a little bit before the call. Uh, surprisingly enough, it's Miles Bridges. Uh, Miles Bridges sees the highest bump in his points per game when you take out. Uh, Terry Rogier and Gordon Hayward, according to Roto Grinders Court IQ, 208 minute sample size that you, they kind of essentially, um, put it all together and they rate it like per 36 minutes. He's averaging around 20, 27.9 points per game per 36 minutes without Rogier Hayward off the court. And he's, you know, we're seeing him the last couple of games. He's seeing like 38 plus minutes just with how depleted Charlotte is right now. The line's 24 and a half. Um, slight lean on the over for me for there. Um, and then even a guy like Nick Richards. Nick Richards, I, I was taking his uh, over. Well, this is a little tough because he's going to get the Jalen Duran matchup. But yeah. um, Nick Richards benefits a lot with LaMelo Ball passing to him. He actually has most of his points coming from LaMelo Ball. And that's considering the fact that LaMelo has missed like 10 to 15 games. So like that tells you something. They, they clearly have a connection. Um, and Pistons are... Uh, top 10 or bottom 10 in points in the paint allowed. And this over under is uh, 230. Oh, it's actually kind of low. 235 and a half lower than what I was expecting, but it's a close surprise. So you'd love to see that. Yeah. I mean, Lamella scoring 32.2 points per game without Rozier this season in nine games. So, I mean, monster numbers, yeah. obviously, from Lamello, but it does feel like with his line sitting at, uh, what's his line sitting at? 27 and a half. It does feel like you're betting high into it if that makes sense like you're, yeah, yeah. To, you're betting on ceiling um which i like don't oh i just found do, the bet i just found the bet overs, you know this is the bet this what, is the bet you like? take so it's actually All kind right. of funny because yesterday yesterday or last game i took lamello's under five and a half first quarter points 
But that line is okay. still there, even without Rozier. It's still five and a half first quarter points. I'll give me the over this time. I like the over against Detroit Pistons. He's going to play eight to ten minutes. You're not going to have Rozier ball hogging and, and shooting the ball whenever he can't. It's like minus one thirty five. But I like that. That would be like my play if I'm taking a Lamelo prop over five and a half for first quarter points. What do you think about that? That's fun. I think. That's fun too, and I think it's a great spot against you know Detroit, who's a relatively weak team overall. Like <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I do like yeah. that spot. I think it's a pretty good angle for for Lamelo. Um, one player that I'm curious to see is Brandon Miller. Um, I, Brandon oh, Miller has been awesome yeah. the last couple of games: 27 points, 23 points, 24 points. Uh, just excellent, uh, excellent minutes from him. Um, and he's played 35, 35, and 29 minutes in those games. So I think that in this spot against Detroit, who you know allows like they don't allow a lot of threes, um, but they allow a pretty high three point percentage. I'm interested in him. Uh, the one thing that I probably will look for though with Miller is I, I think because he he has scored a decent percentage of his points from three-point range i might Mm -hmm. not want to bet him in this game just because of the just because of the matchup because like you know the the pistons kind of don't allow as many three-point attempts as i would probably like um i might look at them a little bit further on uh they have some matchups against the rockets the the jazz the knicks the bulls especially the bulls is going to be a spot next wednesday this is so far out there um but that's Mm -hmm. definitely a spot that i'm gonna be looking at brandon miller uh, as a great catch and shoot guy um, yeah so um I, I, yeah no i saw you were also targeting grace and allen yeah the bulls are a three-point funnel and you want to take the the off the off ball shooters against them so yeah definitely makes sense yeah it's definitely it's definitely a nice nice little angle there but uh one of the other exciting games that we have on this slate is we have the um phoenix suns versus the dallas mavericks one point spread. Uh, the Suns are playing in Dallas, so it's a home game for the Mavericks. And I, this is going to be a fun game. I think you know yeah. when the narrative is, has been a lot. It's like Luca destroys the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fifty points on Christmas, uh, thirty four the game before, like when he played back in uh, what was that uh, last March. What do you? What are your initial thoughts in this game? It's it's a super exciting game. You know, you got Luca, Kyrie, and then the Suns' yeah. big three looks healthy. What are you? I think I'm just excited to watch this game. I don't know if I necessarily have a play per se right now, but uh, what what are your thoughts, or do you have any initial thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is good. this is a game that features a ton of all stars in there. Simply simply put, it's going to be the top game of the slate of all the games, just to, as far as like a watchability perspective, like. If you are a fan of basketball, you got to be watching this game. Um, and uh, something I, n- I actually kind of noticed, Devin Booker has back-to-back double-doubles against the the, Dem- the Dallas Mavericks. So, I mean, if you want to target that, oh. that was something I was looking at from a betting perspective. Back-to-back games with 10-plus assists. Um, but, yeah, I don't really have a, an initial prop right now that I like. This is just going to be a game that um, – Probably going to dive into tomorrow morning uh, and look into, but I can't wait to watch it, Joe. Yeah, I think this is just going to be one of those games that's super tight. And what I like about these games, uh, especially like when you're betting on star players, I think I think superstars are so hard to bet on um, because it's just like they're the first guys that come out in a blowout. Um, they their lines are always like super super sharp. Um, and I think that when you have these games where you're expecting it to be close, uh, you know, even just based on the spread, but even based on like a cap, uh, I think it should be a close game. I think it should be a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gives you like a little bit more security in terms of the floor for what these guys can do that's and like, true. what their minutes yeah. are going to look like. Um, that's it, it almost makes it like a little bit easier if I'm betting on like a superstar and yeah. I see that the spread is like minus one or minus two. It's like, all right this should probably be a little bit of a tighter game. Do you ever take like the spread into consideration when you're trying absolutely. to find a player prop? Cause then like, it's a little bit of a different for like blowout risk. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for a very, very high superstar over under, um, especially like coming into the, you know, all-star game. We, we talked about this many times. Like this is the point of the season where like these teams are just still kind of like, it's kind of like the dog days of the season. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's, yeah. We're just going into all-star games and y- you really want to target the games that actually matter and mean something to teams. There's a ton of games out there that like, you know, if it was like Phoenix versus, 
I don't know, uh, Portland. Like you, you don't you don't really feel comfortable taking the over, but games that actually matter and mean something, um, yeah, like I, you feel more comfortable with that the stars get their stealing minutes. Yeah. Um, all right. So then this takes us what I think is like if you're not watching, uh, you know, if you if you can't get home to like, you know, if you can't stay up too late and like you're like, I Joe, like you got to give me an earlier game. Uh, the <laughs> other game that I think is super fascinating in the slate is the Oklahoma City Thunder play the San Antonio oh, Spurs. Nonstop. And Great game matchup. We, I know we get a matchup between Chet and Wemby. Um, these two have been like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for the rookie of the year odds. Uh, I think Wemby is now the favorite or it's like it's even or like they're about to be the same. Uh, when these two teams played last, Oklahoma City blew the Spurs doors off. They won 123 to 87. Chet had seven or nine points, seven boards, and three assists. Wemby had eight points, fourteen rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Uh, Chet had uh, Chet had one block with two steals. When you're like, I, like I'm super excited for this matchup between the, these two guys. Um, do you ha- like? Do you like? Do you have a preference on who you think is rookie of the year right now? I'm putting you on the spot, gun to your head. Uh, do you like Chet or Wemby? Because I know the numbers are interesting. Uh, you know, and depending on what you're looking at, you, it, a lot of it can go either way. But uh, I'm putting um, you on the spot. What, what I, give me, give me, give me Wembenyama. I think Wembenyama. The last last 10, 11 games, his points per minute is Joel Embiid like. You know what I mean? Like what he's doing. They're finally like he's finally in rhythm. Popovich is finally running plays to him that are just in design and motion. And, and he's finally seems to have like just been in rhythm and, and adapted to, to being in the NBA, which he wasn't in the beginning of the season. Um, and now he's getting, you know, 30 plus minutes or so. I think he, I think, it, I think you give it to him. That's, that's my, that's my stance right yeah. now. What about you? Yeah. I, I, I'm, still I'm in the same boat. I mean, yeah, I, I'm no, I'm I'm with I'm with Wemby. Like I like Wemby um, for the award. Yeah. I, I've kind of been saying this. Like I I just to me the guy is was put in a situation where like he's on a team that's like not good. Like we we know the Spurs are not good. Oklahoma City was a team that people were like they might be good this year, and then now they are good. And then they're saying like, well, Chet's on a better team. Like he's contributing to winning. Yeah. The Spurs were not trying to win games. Like they were running Jeremy fucking Sohan at point guard uh, for yeah, like to 30 start the games. season. Like they were not yeah. trying to win games. Yeah, like so I I don't I don't think you can hold that against Wemby. And from a like a counting stats perspective, he's got more points per game, more rebounds per game, more assists per game, more steals per game, more yeah. blocks per game. He's less efficient than Chet. Chet is much more efficient, um, but he's also not the number one option on Oklahoma city. He's the number three option, honestly. Um, I like, I really think that it's Wemby's. Uh, I think that going into the season, when you have like that type of narrative, he's living up to it and he's playing like 20 minutes a game. It's insane. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. It's not a fucking minutes limit. He's getting like 25 and 10 every year. Yeah. He's, he's insane. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said it best, like with him, it was just really strange how like the Spurs handle it in the beginning. Like, point Sohan like that was never going to work out like obviously you know you got Trey Jones running the point now it's a little bit different but um I mean if they can start putting together some like wins maybe maybe they trade for like a guy like you know Trey Young who knows like maybe they trade for Trey Young and they put together wins but um yeah. maybe that helps his case but I think like this is a good buy low nice value if you if you want to take a win but now rookie of the year yeah <laughs> you like that I, little I bold like take uh, a lot <laughs> Yeah, it's not a bold take, hot take, right? Uh, but I mean, look, I, 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 I think that like whoever is winds up being a plus money, you can kind of build a portfolio over the course of the whole season, which I think a lot of people have been doing. It's like just grab who's plus money, and then like at the end of the year, you're probably going to win because one of these guys is going to win. Um, one player that I think has been really interesting though for Oklahoma City, and it's not Shea. Like Shea's obviously Jaylen. incredible. Um, Jalen Williams has been awesome. Uh, yeah. Look, his points line is set at 19 and a half points for this game. He's hit this mm. in eight of his last 10 games, averaging 21.5 points. Uh, dude has been dynamic. And, like, I, I, I want to bet it. I'm a little worried about a blowout, though. Um, yeah. What do you think about Jalen Williams just generally, um, regardless of what his props are kind of in this game? 
Uh, it's been awesome to see the last five, six games, him stepping up. It, he seems to be the clear number two option. You know, you didn't know if it was Cheddar or if it was going to be Chad or Jalen, but it's clearly Jalen Williams, and he's been extremely efficient from the field. Um, they, he's been running rotations where he'd be like the the lead facilitator, like when Shea Gilgis Alexander's out. So he's definitely adding some more playmaking to to his game. And, um, you know, you see the assist numbers there too, like last couple of games. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's been excellent, uh, straight, just straightforward. Yeah. I, I, I really like his game. I think that one of the things that I like about Jalen, um, and I'm not like a big combo stats guy, uh, but, but Jalen's kind of one of those guys that I I'm comfortable betting yeah. like a PRA or an RA type of thing. Yeah. Um, and part of it has to do with the fact that I think that he can contribute and have spikes in different categories. Right. So like he's normally around like over his last 10 games, for example, uh, for assists, he's mm. at 6.3 assists. That's not even close to the median. Um, the median is really pr- like closer to a five or six over the last couple. Um, but he's got spikes at like 10 and 12 uh, and the yeah. floor is relatively relatively consistent um when you're betting combo props do you like like do you look at them as a guy like that's kind of got potential to get spikes in particular areas or are you looking at a combo prop a lot of times it's like i think this guy is going to get a spike in usage i want to try to capture all of it because i'm not totally sure how he's going to contribute um i mean i mostly like to just stick with points prop. I just like to isolate one type of thing, the mm-hmm. most I can control. But if I am going to be like, com- you know, combining it with like a rebounds or assist, you just want to make sure he's in a spot where like there is going to be a ceiling type performance for those, like, you know, those, uh, those statistics. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you're coming into it and you see that the books haven't caught up to Jalen Williams is like, recent spike in playmaking then yeah it makes sense to tackle on the assists if you think there's upside there and you know I, I think like there's a nice edge to be had yeah for sure for sure all right so that is our look at the wednesday slate um we've kind of given you a couple plays that we're looking at um including oh like one more play one more problem. play we got we got one more oh you, what else we got what else we got yeah, we got the uh, we got the the prop bomb under. If anyone is still on here, forty seven minutes into the show, um, it's probably oh, yeah. I'm probably giving this out tomorrow. It's uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. under twenty six or twenty five and a half points against the Miami Heat. And it's the oh, cheat yeah. code is just you just take the number one, you just take the number one options and against the Miami Heat and you take their under. I mean, I did it with Paolo, did it with Dejounte Murray, and then Dejounte had like thirty points next game after that, but. Um, Nine and a half points favorites. You get Terry Rozier potentially making his debut. So you got even more firepower for the Miami Heat, especially in a home game with uh, double-digit spreads. Um, it's going to be tough for Jaron Jackson, you know, especially if Bam Adebayo is trying to make a defensive player of the year, like statement type game, you know, on, on uh, Jaron Jackson. So um, that was something that I'm probably playing tomorrow officially. It's uh, under 26 and a half or under 25 and a half points for Jaron Jackson. Definitely want to make sure I, 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 I had it. that out That's, there, though. I, I <laughs> no, I love it. It, def- it just feels like the line is just way too high, just absolutely way too high at that at that spot. So I I love it against uh, against Miami, uh, especially in a spot where they could potentially blow uh, blow them out. So love that Jaron Jackson Jr. under. And you guys got that one here first. So pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, prop bomb, you got, you know the point of the show that this is. Uh, where we go to pods and recs and what do you have for the listeners? If you need a second, I will make a recommendation first. Uh, Cause I know go first, like go first. The, yeah. I put you on the spot a couple times, yeah. today, but, uh, but I'll go first. Um, my recommendation is uh, right now. I think one of the things like I've been trying to rip lately is I've been using a lot of lip balm. It's kind of like you're 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 in Jeez, fucking warm man. weather over there. So like it's it's <laughs> cold here. It's nippy. You got to use a little bit of lip balm. I'm trying not to use the Blistex. My my wife got me this Lush something from Lush. So it's it's key lime pie. It tastes pretty nice. Uh, it's real girly. It's real girly. But um, <laughs> but it's nice though. So I'm gonna recommend lip balm. And I'm also going to recommend I just had the most bomb ass wrap today uh, for dinner. She made me a chicken Caesar wrap. And um, the key to the wrap, I think, was not only like toasting the tortilla. um, It was having croutons in the wrap. 
Mm. Uh, the croutons were like give like a nice little like crunch. It kind of elevated it. Uh, so I'm gonna recommend going out there, getting a chicken Caesar wrap. Got to have. I wanted the. You got to use like the fried chicken, like a little bit of the breaded chicken, <laughs> and you got to have croutons in it. Like you don't need a lot, but it does give you like, add some little, little crunch. Add that chicken. little crunch. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a nice little, it's a nice <laughs> little addition there. So my recommendations are lip balm and uh, throw a couple croutons in a chicken Caesar wrap and call it a day. Uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you got for us? All right. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll do a food recommendation too. Um, I've been going. I've been going to Just Salads. Do they have that up there? Just Salads. It's like a little like a fast food place. We got we got salad works. We got we got like sweet greens. We got like all the bullshit. Okay, <laughs> so, so if if you if you're ever at uh if you ever at just salads, get the chicken poblano bowl. That is like that's been that's my favorite bowl I get all the time. And um, from a more serious type, just like motivational, I guess like recommendation. Um, whether it's like going to the gym, starting a new hobby, or doing something like new. It's going to be tough at first. Like this is just, I hate to be serious, but like it's, it's going to be tough at first, but um, you have to go through it and, you know, your future self is going to appreciate you for it. That That's just, you know, it's kind of like the message, anything, just help it with anything. Your, your future self is going to appreciate yeah. like the, the struggles that it takes to get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about like the grind and like being able to push through. And I, I think that's good advice from you. You know, it's like keep your head up, keep pushing forward. Um, if you do get a salad from just salads, maybe get it tossed. Um, and you know, <laughs> and you know, just keep just keep pushing forward and doing the best that you can. And I think that one of the things that can make you the best person that you can be and continue to make yourself the best, better that you can be, is to sign up for Prop Stock Cash and get twenty five percent off that first month. Um, you can, you guys know, we talked about it. We're talking about some of the hit rates. I'm literally looking at it right now while we're recording, uh, to try to help me with our analysis here. They've got the heart, the charts, they've got the hit rates, they've got how the line has been moving on a particular player. Uh, and they have like their own analytics and like some of the splits, home, away, home splits, away splits, their regular season versus the East versus the West at home at, on the road, uh, what have you. And then you can even say like, how is this player done with or without somebody else? And you can get that for 25% off your first month uh, with code Delara 25 So prop on before we let everybody go, let, tell everybody what your handles are, where they can find you on socials if they somehow don't already follow you, uh, and just so the listeners have mm-hmm. them. Yeah, uh, prop on uh, P-R-O-P-B-O-M-B, prop bomb on on Twitter. I also, uh, four months ago, opened up a Discord for myself uh, just for any additional plays that I do. I it's like my full-time job right now. So I put all my effort into it. If it's, if you don't want to, if you can't catch all the, uh, the free articles and you want the full package, you go in the discord, it's a dollar a day and you get high quality, top notch analysis. And I'm always transparent win or loss. So, um, that's where you want, if you want to find all my plays, you can go there and follow me on Twitter. Hell yeah. So thanks again for joining us today, Prop Bomb. It's been a blast, and let's continue to cash that.